Blog Talk Radio. Building the nation with the word of the Lord. Teaching the people the love of God. Kingdom. Wanna be where you are? Gotta be where you are. Come on, raise it before I'm sick. Wanna be where? 
gotta be, gotta be Gotta be near where he is. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Welcome to prayer, praise, and the word of God. We give God all the praise, the glory, and honor on tonight because we have to be near to him. We have to be where he is. We need to be so close that we can literally hear the heartbeat of God. That's going to be our focus on tonight, being in that place of drawing near unto God, being in that place where he will take care of us and care for us. God is such an incredible father. Oh, my goodness. And he loves us 
unconditionally. So we are so grateful tonight that you have chosen to spend this next hour with us. Whether you're live or you've tuned into the archive, we have a word from the Lord tonight, and we're excited about it. I am your host, Elder Coilette James, and I'm just I'm just grateful to God. He is just incredible. He is just incredible. He just continues to speak his love amongst his people. And, you know, that's how he does things. He speaks things into existence. So the more he speaks his love over our lives and manifests himself in the midst of our situations, the more we grow and the more we are drawn nearer and nearer unto him. Remember his word decreed and declared with loving kindness, have I drawn thee? And he's calling us to live out that, that drawing near to him, that encouraging others to draw near to him. That's that's our gifting and our talent at work, truly, when we can live a life that's pleasing before God that will cause another to see the life we live and make them want to draw near to the God that we serve, that is what it is all about. That is what it's all about. And we're so we're so grateful tonight. We are truly, truly grateful tonight. God has placed something in my spirit to share with you, and he's just kind of been cultivating it over the past few days. And I I just I love it when he just kind of drops a nugget, and then you go after the nugget. And as you go after the nugget, it just increases and opens up wider and wider. And he just gives you more and more revelation to that thing. So I'm thankful. And tonight I'm just leaning on the Holy Spirit to allow him to even more with depth and understanding open up this word. We're going to get to the word in a little bit, but right now I just want to go before the throne of God and just invoke the power of God on this broadcast. We know that his anointing is already present. It was present from the moment he orchestrated and ordained that this broadcast would take place on tonight. I am a firm believer in flowing in the spirit of the living God. So when he says do, we do. When he says no, we stop. And he is the one that has set this thing in motion. He ordained that this day we would come together as one in the spirit realm to worship, to adore him, and to get an even greater understanding of drawing closer and nearer to him. So let's just go into to the presence of God even a little deeper, even the more, and just cornea, just have that sweet, sweet fellowship with his precious spirit. Lord God, we worship you on tonight. We're so grateful to you that you have ordained this day. This is the day that you have made. We rejoice. We are glad to be a part of it. You set this day apart in the annals of history to be a day of blessing, a day that you would reveal yourself unto us all the more. A day, Lord God, where your spirit, hallelujah, will illuminate our thought pattern, Lord, and our spirit and our heart, that we would understand you even the more. And all that we do, we seek to draw closer to you. We seek for a greater anointing, but not for an anointing just to be boastful in, but an anointing of wisdom, an anointing of understanding, an anointing of the ability to share with others your greatness, your power, your might, your miraculous healings, oh Lord God. We are thankful for your deliverances, oh God. 
and we share that through your word. For you said, Father, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. See, tonight, oh, Lord God, that you will increase our faith. You will increase our tenacity. You will increase our knowledge and our wisdom and our understanding of what it means to draw closer to draw near unto you, and how to stay in that place, hallelujah, to stay in that place of fellowship, to stay in that place of worship, to stay in that place of our head resting on your breast, oh, Lord God. That is our desire. That is our desire that we would grow in wisdom, ah, glory, and favor with man and with you, Lord, as you promised Christ that he would do. So we thank you, God. We thank you that he is the firstborn of many brethren, and the promises that you made through him and to him are our promises as well. We are thankful. Oh, hallelujah. We are thankful. We are thankful. We are thankful. Thank you, God, that you are strengthening us even the more in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the tribulations. Thank you for that place of rest that you have prepared for us and that you have allowed us to experience even in the midst of it all. We are thankful. We are grateful, oh, Lord God. Now, I lifted those that are under the sound of my voice, Lord, those that may have an ailment in their body. I am crazy enough to believe, oh, Lord God, that you are the God of healing and that your desire is healing for that body. So right now, right this moment, we speak healing. We speak healing to the body. We speak healing to the mind. We speak healing to the soul. We speak healing to the heart. We speak healing to that one that is in need, oh, Lord God, to that one that is bound, Lord God, and in captivity. We speak deliverance, oh, God. We decree and declare, Lord, that they are set free by your power at work in and through them. Hallelujah. Because you are not setting them free just for themselves, but you are working within them that they may be free, that you may work through them that others may be free. So we thank you for that on tonight. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for delivering them, oh, Lord God, from mental anguish. Thank you, Lord God, for delivering them from that emotional bondage, oh, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for delivering them from that low self-esteem, Lord God. Thank you for delivering them from that poverty mentality. Thank you for delivering them from the drugs and the alcohols and the other spirits that have plagued their lives. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that even at this very moment, deliverance is taking place within them, Lord. And as you set them free, they are set free to also go forth and see the captives around them set free. Thank you, O oh God. You are not just a one-shot God. You are not just a one-time delivering God. You are not just an Old Testament deliverer, O oh Lord God, who has no feelings for their children in the New Testament, O oh Lord God. Deliverance is at hand on a daily basis. Lord God, your word said all we must do is believe. Believe that we have it and receive it, O oh Lord God, and it is ours. So I come in agreement, come in agreement with my brothers and my sisters, Lord God, no matter how old or how young, I come in agreement for deliverance, Lord God, in their lives, for healing in their lives, O oh God. And as you have healed and you have delivered, O oh Lord God, I thank you for prosperity prosperity in our lives, O oh God, the prosperity of knowledge, the prosperity of wisdom, the prosperity of understanding who you are, the prosperity, Lord God, in the financial realm, Lord, that we can make a difference in this earth realm. We thank you, God. 
We thank you that whatever you are blessing us with, whatever you have laid aside for us, Lord God, is meat for your table, Father. Hallelujah. Ah, hallelujah, Lord. I'm reminded, oh God, that when, hallelujah, when David called from a fibbership, oh Lord God, and he felt that he was lame and of no use to anybody. In fact, he was in hiding because he thought that David would want to kill all the heirs of Saul. But God, you had David call him into the king's palace and to decree and declare that he would sit at the king's table all the days of his life because of the love that David had for Jonathan, because of that cornonia, because of that brotherly tie that he felt with him, he blessed his offspring. Likewise, O oh Lord God, you have called us to sup and to sit at the master's table. Hallelujah. Which is your table, O oh Lord God. You have prepared a table for us, even in the presence of our enemies. And, oh, my God, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the revelation, Lord, that we have so long thought that that table prepared in the presence of our enemies was so we could almost say, nanny, 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 look what God has done for me. But, Lord, you prepared that table in the presence of our enemies so we could invite our enemies in so that they could be delivered, so that they could be set free, so that they too could feast at that table. It is not a table of, uh, look, look at me now, not a boastful table, but it is a table of, look at the love of God, and you too can share that love. Hallelujah. Ah, we thank you, God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. For you are such a great and powerful God. You are so mighty in your love for us. Ah, we thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Ah, glory, glory, glory. We just worship you, oh God. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. You are high and lifted up. You are above all else, oh Lord God. Hallelujah. Ah, Rosanda, the Rosanda. You rule, oh, Lord God, the heavens and the earth, and we are so thankful. Hallelujah. Ah, Rosander de Acurabasitas. Ah, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Unto you be the glory. Unto you be the honor, oh, Lord God. Ha, Rosira Roboshanati Eko. Rondo Robababashandasta. Ah, we exalt you, Lord. We exalt you. You are welcome in this place, oh God. You are welcome on these lines, oh God, these lines of communication, this medium, oh Lord God, that you have created, that your word may go forth to the uttermost parts of the world. Hallelujah. Ah, Rosanderia Kurobashanda. So many, so many don't understand, Lord God, that it, 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 it was not created for the evil of the world. It was created for the good of the world. Hallelujah. And we will not be held back. We will not be in bondage. We will not stop, Lord God, broadcasting to the high heavens your praise through the technology that you have allowed man to come up with. How oh, we give you praise. We will not be silent. We will not be silenced. We will not be stopped, oh God. We will continue. We will continue in that that you called us to. And we thank you. We thank you, oh God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share with my brothers and sisters your love. Hallelujah. Ah, that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about, sharing your love with the world. 
With loving kindness, you have drawn us unto your bosom, and likewise you have called us to draw others unto you through that same loving kindness. We thank you, Lord. Ah, most gracious and holy Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We stand in awe of you, O God. We stand in awe of you, how you could be so loving, so loving to such a perverted nation. But yet and still, Lord, you see past all of our thoughts, oh God, and you you yet love us. You yet love us through our faults, through our shortcomings, through, Lord God, all that would hinder us. You love us through it. So you allow us, God, to put our path that we may move forward in you in all things, giving you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And above all else, Lord God, our desire is you. So we continue to worship you, O oh Lord God, on tonight. We continue to cry out to you. We continue to decree and declare that above all else, we desire you. Hallelujah.
glory, 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 above all else, above all else. All I want, all I need is you, Lord. Hallelujah. We give God praise. We give him praise. Well, at the beginning of the show, I talked about, you know, what we were kind of focusing on tonight, and that was drawing near to God. And God had just really dropped this nugget in my spirit dealing with Goshen. It was just, you know, kind of like this epiphany. I I was reading about Goshen, and then it was like, and you know how the Holy Spirit is. He'll take you on this rabbit trail, and he was like, what does Goshen mean? And it was like, well, I don't know what Goshen means. So I looked it up. And the meaning of Goshen was to draw near. So once I found that out, to draw near, then that really, really took me on the trail. And I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you saying here? And that took me to Genesis. Go with me, please, to Genesis, the 45th chapter, and that's where we're going to start at, dealing with just drawing nearer to God. And and when he puts you into that place of drawing nearer to him, how he will cover you. Now, and we're, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but as we go through the story of what happened to those that he called to the land of Goshen, you know, there are some, some serious nuggets that we can draw out of that that can help us in our journey and in our walk with the Lord. So hopefully you've all made it to Genesis 45. I'm going to start at the 10th verse, and it says, And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto to me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. 45.11 says, and there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, least thou and thy household, and all that thou hast come to poverty. These words were spoken to Joseph, and they were spoken to Joseph to his brothers, the very brothers who had sold him into slavery, took his coat of many colors that his love, his father gave him in in the spirit of love, and put animal blood on it to cause his father to believe Joseph was dead, um, and just sent his father into mourning for years and years and years. These same brothers. At that point in time, Joseph had just revealed himself unto them as to who he was. And by this time, Joseph has gone from slavery to prison to the palace. By this time, Joseph is number one in charge only under Pharaoh, okay? Pharaoh was the only one in the land of Egypt that had more power than Joseph. Now, this is what God had done for Joseph in the midst of his struggles and his trials and his tribulations. And it was very um, timely to me that I knew I was going to be ministering on drawing near to God and dealing with um, Goshen And I heard a message today from Bishop Jakes, and Bishop Jakes began to share that how in the world do you believe that you are going to just skate through from the vision, from the dream God has given you all the way to the palace and not encounter something? How is it that you feel that you can get by with not going through any trials, any tribulations, when Christ had to endure hardship, 
unlike anything you can ever imagine, that you may be set free. If Christ could not escape his cross, then please know you cannot escape yours. So as I was studying this a couple of days ago and just meditating on Joseph, all that he went through to be in a place to call his family into the land of of Goshen where they could be provided for. You see, we talked about this in the prayer, what you're going through, what God is doing in you, the deliverance that he wants to wrought in you, to, to work in you and through you is not just for you. Understand, he is doing this that you may be there and a lifeline to someone else. So all that you've encountered and you have walked through, it has been hard. It has been tough, but the reward is great. What is the reward? The reward is when you get to the other side, and sometimes even in the midst of on your way to the other side, you can hold out a lifeline to someone else that is going through, and you can lift them up and help them to get through it as well. We often forget what God has called us to. Even when I was talking and and just ministering through the prayer and God brought it back to my remembrance, when he shared this with me, it was very profound to me. And I don't know, maybe the rest of you already had that revelation, but for years, you know, I had always heard about God prepared the table for me in the presence of my enemy. And all I kept dwelling on was I got to have enemies so that God can prepare my table in their presence so he could show what he had done in my life. And it was almost to that place of, yeah, see, you thought you could hold me down, but look at me now. Look what God has done. And it was that, you know, as kids, when you go, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, kind of thing. I'm serious, that that kind of mentality, like, you know, you can't touch me now, and look what God has done, and, you know, and you kind of dusting off your shoulder, and, yeah, you call me the ugly duckling, and you said I would never make it, but look at me now kind of mentality where you become boastful in you and, and for you. Okay, but God never called us to be boastful in those things. We glory only in the cross. We glory only in what God has done, not that he has elevated you so you can look down on your enemies or look down on another because you feel like you have reached the height of something. That is not the purpose of the elevation. That is not the purpose of the promotion. It is so that you can give a hand up. So even in the preparing of the table in the presence of your enemy, he was like, I want the table prepared in the presence of your enemy. Why? Because I'm calling your enemy in as well. Because I want your enemy to see my goodness in the land of the living, not in the sweet by and by. I want your enemy to see how I treat my children so that your enemy would be drawn to me as well. It's not to point a finger and say what you thought you, you thought you had me down. You thought you caused me to fall. You thought you did this and you thought you did that, but look at God. No, 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 no. It is to say, my God did this for me and showing it to you through me so that you can also come to him. He's doing what he's doing in your life. He's elevating you. He's promoting you. He's doing all these things so that you can give a hand up. Think about Joseph. Let's get back to Joseph. 
all that Joseph went through, and the brothers thought, the brothers thought, okay, that when they encountered Joseph, when they realized it was Joseph, they were fearful because they thought that Joseph would retaliate against them. But that is not what happened. He wept. He wept in their presence. In their presence. Let me go into the words. If you are reading with me and following along in um, Genesis, we're going to start in Genesis 45 at the first verse. And I'm, I'm reading out of the complete Jewish Bible. Um, so it might read just slightly different than you, but it's, it's reading as it's written basically in the Torah. And it says, at last, Yosef, which is the Hebrew name for Joseph, at last, Yosef could no longer control his feelings in front of his attendants and cried, get everybody away from me. So no one else was with him when Yosef revealed to his brothers who he was. He wept aloud, and the Egyptians heard, and Pharaoh's household heard. Yosef said to his brother, I am Yosef. It is, is it true that my father is still alive? His brothers couldn't answer him. They were so dumbfounded at seeing him. Yosef said to his brothers, please, come closer. And they came closer. He said again, I am Yosef, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But don't be sad that you sold me into slavery. Here or angry at yourselves because it was God who sent me ahead of you to preserve life. The famine has been over the land for the last two years, and for yet another five years there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me ahead of you to ensure that you will have descendants on earth and to save your lives in a great deliverance. So it's not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, lord of all his household, and ruler over the whole land of Egypt. Isn't that awesome? Look at God. Look at God. Look at God. He said, hurry, go up to my father and tell him, here is what your son Yosef said. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You will live in the land of Goshen and be near me. You, your children, your grandchildren, flocks, herds, everything you own, I will provide for you here so that you won't become poverty-stricken, you, your household, and all that you have, because five years of famine are yet to come. Now, theologians teach us that Joseph is a, a picture of the soon coming Christ. He was a picture of what God wanted to do for his people. And all that Joseph went through, it was not just for him. And when he got to the palace and had opportunity to meet his brothers and to call for his father and, his, and their families, he didn't sit there boasting to say, listen, I am Lord over Egypt. 
they have exalted me to this place. And now I'm going to put my finger on you because of what you did to me. No, he didn't. He looked at them, and he definitely could have looked at his brothers as being his enemy. And he could have said, look what God has prepared for me. He prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemy. He could have taken that stand. He could have been like, you know, like I said before, look at me, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. You thought you did something, but look what God has done. But when he did bring to their mind, this was God. You thought you were sending me to slavery, but this was the hand of God on my life to get me to that place that I could be a blessing unto you in this hour. There is a true lesson to be learned there. And he called them to dwell in Goshen. Come near to me. Dwell near to me. And that is what God is saying. God is saying that as your heart, your head is on his chest and you're listening to his heartbeat, he wants your heart to be as his heart so that those that have wronged you, remember the New Testament, those that have deceitfully used you, you will bless them. You will cause them to draw near to God. That's what this thing is all about. That is what this thing is all about. So never forget that. Never think that you have arrived because God has elevated you in the midst of your enemies and that gives you the right to look down on them. No, no, that's not the purpose of the elevation. It is to pull them up with you, to offer unto them the same grace, the same loving kindness, the same tender mercies that God has offered up to you. This is the hour of elevation for the children of God. He is sweeping through the land. He is doing suddenly left, right, up, and down. All around you, all around you, it's just happening, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. God is blessing his people. He's blessing you blessing you, even right now. He's giving you the forethought and the wisdom of what to do with the blessing he has already laid in store for you so that you know that when you get that blessing, you don't hold it with a stingy hand, and when your enemy comes your way, you don't turn a deaf ear to them. But he wants to make sure that you are in a position to know why he has elevated you, and it is so that you can invite your enemies to draw near him so that he can not only provide for you, but he can provide for your enemies as well. What an awesome God we serve. Now, think about this. As they dwelt in the land of Goshen, and as long as um, Pharaoh had, that, that Pharaoh was alive and Joseph occupied the place that he did in leadership, they were blessed beyond measure. They grew. They multiplied unbelievably, but then there came a time when that Pharaoh passed on and Joseph passed on and Jacob passed on and those that knew the wondrous, miraculous moving of God passed on. Now, I don't know if the 12 sons of Jacob minus Joseph, so I should say the 11 sons of Jacob, 
um, if they passed on the knowledge of the miracle that God worked in setting Joseph up. But what I do know is something had to have happened and transpired as it went down from generation to generation. Just like the good Pharaoh passed on and Joseph passed on and another Pharaoh took his place, those that were in Goshen all of a sudden were turned into slaves. And I asked God about that. I did, because I was like, okay, you called them to Goshen. You've called us to Goshen. You've called our children and and our seeds. You've called us to that place of drawing near. So what happened to make that place of drawing near unto you a place of slavery, of bitterness? And he began to show me that even though the brothers had been called there and they had been placed there, and and they were they were blessed beyond measure there. There they increased in an unbelievably rapid rate there. Their hearts still had not transitioned. Because remember their hearts when they got there. Well before they got there, let me put it that way. Remember what their heart was evil and wicked for them to do what they did to Joseph. Now yes, God used them. He used the treachery that was in them to promote Joseph to the place that he wanted him to be. But it did not necessarily change their heart. And I was like, wow, Lord, that's deep. So that even though we come into a place of drawing near, still have to keep our heart right. So it's up to us. Because he has made provision for our seed and our seed seed. Remember when he told them to come and to draw near to, to, to go to Goshen, he said to them, he said, and thou shalt be near to me. He said, um, Genesis 45 and 10, he said, and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children and thy children's children and thy flocks and thy herds and all that thou hast. Now, my question again when I was talking to God about it, were the children taught of the miraculous miracles of God? Or did they fall back? We, we read over and over again, in the word of God, after David and after the kings and what have you, that some of them that took the throne had the heart of David, their father, but others that took the throne had a bitter heart. They followed after evil. They didn't do what was pleasing in the sight of God. So I don't know everything that transpired to that next generation in Goshen, but I do know that something happened for them to be turned into slaves. Now, fast forward 400 years, okay? Now, this is really deep to me as well. So even though they they went into the land of Goshen, and while they were there, originally it was a land of plenty. Everything was wonderful. They were being incredibly blessed while they were there. And then they went into the 400 years of hardship and and slavery and what have you. When the hand of God came upon Moses and Aaron to go to Pharaoh, to demand that he let people go, that area, that place of Goshen where he had called them to draw near, 
but still that set-apart place. I was like, wow, Lord, now that is really deep to me. Fast forward to Exodus, the 8th chapter, and the, the 22nd verse, and it says, And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, and no swarms of flies shall be there. Till the end thou mayest know it, know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Exodus 9 and 26 says, Only in the land of Goshen where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. So you see, even though something happened and they went into that 400 years of slavery, that land of Goshen, that place of drawing near was still sacred unto God. It was still sacred unto God, and God spared that place because that was the place of him calling his children to draw near. Isn't that deep? Now you think about that. Where you have established your altar unto God, that place of your coming into corner with God, that place of you drawing near to God, that place is sacred unto God. It is not just sacred to you. It is not just a, um, a place of just, how can I say it, of tabernacling for you. It is a place of tabernacling for God as well. It is sacred to him too. So I am here to encourage you on tonight to establish your place of Goshen, to establish your place of drawing near to God, and to make sure that as you establish that place, that altar in your heart, Now we're talking about the the earthen vessel of your heart, the tabernacle in your heart, that place of drawing near. I need you to draw near to him, but I need you to get in your heart and in your mindset that as you draw near to him, bring others with you. Make sure that you're training up your children in the way that they should go. Make sure that you're living a life before even your enemy, that God would get the glory. I often think about it, and I've taught on this as well, about the hardship that the children of Israel endured once Moses went and decreed the name, the, the word of the Lord for Pharaoh to let his people go. And, and with every level, as they got closer and closer to that releasing, as the plagues were sent out, as Pharaoh's heart became harder and harder, their task became more and more grueling and more and more difficult. They were beaten. They were whipped. But they were yet set apart by God. Because this is something that has always intrigued me. They were told to make brick without straw as punishment. But guess what? It never says that they didn't make the brick. They were still graced by God to make the brick. The hand of God was still on their lives, even in the hardship, even in the midst of slavery, even in the place of not enough. He still provided. And they still dwelt in the land of Goshen, which was still sacred unto him as it was when he dropped it in in Joseph's spirit to have them dwell there. And he still took care of them in that place of drawing near to him. Isn't that beautiful? I've just been at awe with God. I was like, wow, Lord, what an incredible God you are. When we draw near to you, 
When we draw near to you, nothing shall be impossible. Now let's look at the New Testament. For those of you that, well, that was the Old Testament. What does it say in the New Testament? Well, if you go to James, the fourth chapter and the eighth verse, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. God is still calling us to draw near to him. We still have that invitation to get into that place of tabernacling with him. Hebrews 10 and 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Drawing near to God will cleanse you. It will cleanse you. It will set you free. It will deliver you. Ephesians 2 and 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. God is still calling us to that land of Goshen that land where he is dwelling, that land where he will take care of us, that land of plenty. Goshen was a land of plenty for the children of Israel in the midst of the famine. Isn't that awesome? That is so awesome. In the midst of a famine. And Joseph told his family, come here. I I was brought here so you could come here so that your generations would live on. See, they would have been wiped out where they were in Canaan. Canaan was the promised land. Remember that. We've got to get in our minds. When God said move, you got to move. Canaan was the promised land. God had established Canaan with, with Abraham and, and said that this is my land for your people. But in the midst of famine, It wasn't about the promised land. It was about the land of drawing near to God. Where has God called you to? To draw near to him. You may be dwelling in your promised land, but there is still that place of needing to draw near to God. You need to get to your place of Goshen. You need to get to that place of dwelling where God will take care of you, even in the midst of the famine. Why? Because you're drawing near to him. And you need to understand it is your responsibility to bring others with you, to teach them about drawing near to God. Ah, he's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. He is an awesome God. Wow. I'm so grateful for this time that we've had together and we've been able to to just, mm, just partake of the word of God. This this thing blessed me. I pray and I hope that it has been a blessing to you as well. Just that, that land of Goshen, that even though there was 400 years of hardship, there was still that sacred place that God said, mm, no, 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 no. This is my place where I told my people to draw near to me. So all the plagues that I'm sending on Egypt, they will fall on Egypt. They will fall on Pharaoh's house but they won't touch the land of Goshen. They won't touch where my people dwell, where I have called them to draw near to me. See, he did the same thing at the end that he did at the beginning that was still that place of protection, that was still that place of provision in the beginning. 
when Joseph said, come into the land of Goshen, I will take care of you here. And at the end, God said, no, 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 I'm taking care of my people in the land of Goshen. So everything that's happening all around them will not touch them there. Isn't that awesome? Wow, what a God we serve. What a God we serve. So, again, I'm encouraging you, get to that place of drawing near to God. Get to that place where you can hear his heartbeat. Get to that place that when he says move, you move. When he says come into my presence, you come into his presence. Awesome place to be. It's a needful place to be, especially in this hour. Because as I said at the beginning of the broadcast, this is the hour of promotion. This is the hour where God is taking you to places that you could not even fathom. But you've got to be in that place of drawing near unto him. You've got to be in that place where you can hear him clearly. You have to be in that place where you trust him explicitly. Above all else, we listened to Juanita Bynum sing earlier, just above all else. Give me yourself, oh God. That's the place where you have to get. Above all else, God, I trust you. Above all else, Lord, I desire you. Above all else, Lord, what are you saying to me? I've got so many things tugging at me. They're pulling me in this direction. They're pulling me in that direction. But God, I need to hear from you. What are you saying? I need to hear your voice above my own. I don't want to follow my heart. I don't want to follow my mind. I want to follow the spirit of the living God because my heart can deceive me, but your spirit never will. That's the place God is calling us to in this hour. That is the place. And he's such an awesome God. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Well, this has been great. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I pray you have to. Hallelujah. And we're going to go out with a praise unto God. Thank you for joining us on tonight. I pray, Lord, that all of those under the sound of my voice, O oh God, has received a word from you, an impartation from you as far as drawing near to you is concerned. And they will draw near to you because they understand that you have the final say-so. It is in you that we put our trust and our hope. You guys be blessed. And I will see you, Lord willing, again next week on Prayer, Praise, and the Word of God. God bless you.
Jesus. 